December 8th is our 75th birthday, and you could win $800. Text the word birthday and your full name now to 514-800. Details at cjad800.com. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where just about anything goes. Coming up after 10.15, uh, I'll tell you about a talk coming up to help you find your calm. We'll speak to the presenter. Plus, we'll talk about the Peter Pan syndrome, practicing gratitude and how that helps your relationship, plus STIs on the rise in the 45-plus age group. But first... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. All right, got lots of feedback uh, by email to laurie at drlaurie.com that I want to share with you, but you can always text me at 514-800 throughout the show. If you have any questions, I can answer your questions throughout the show as well. Uh, Bless you, Lori, for reading that message. This was the message I read yesterday, which I will replay at some point, uh, maybe next week or before Christmas, about um, this this adult uh, man's belief in Santa Claus. And then it was just the most beautiful email about how, why, we should believe in uh, in Santa. But anyway, uh, I played the beginning of the show back just to hear it again. I believe I am not of the Catholic or Protestant faith, nor am I Jewish. It does not matter what faith I am. I believe the holidays will take on a different meaning for me now. And I think that was the the intent, right? It's just a, a bit of a reminder of um, of just believing in goodness and kindness and Uh, and good things, right? I just want to say thank you for last night's Baby Boomer show. It was educational, interesting, and most of all, fun. Yourself, Mallory, and Mark connect great, and it is obvious on the radio. I look forward to the December Boomer show, and I know it will be a uh, special one. Thank you for that. Another one, again, with the after the boomer show i just want to say i just love the three of you boomer show rocks how important are same-sex friends to a baby boomer or is opposite sex friends better uh better friends this is something that i will put aside to discuss with our boomer panel next time and another one uh we just loved the baby boomer show the magic the three of you have is amazing and we could tell you were all having fun the discussion was better than we hoped for, and we got a lot out of it. Open, honest discussion from three people who have life experience to share. The poem was a great uh, opener, and the line about a virtual threesome had us laughing. We look forward to the December Baby Boomer Show. And if I'm not mistaken, this is somebody who writes in pretty regularly, and that they are not baby boomers. I think they are uh, millennials, in fact. If you have any questions, 514-800 or comments, you know you're always welcome to call in. My boyfriend and I have been together for just over a year. I can count on one hand how many times we have had sex. Every time we have sex, it's when he's drunk or when he's sleeping and I take the first step. Lately, even when he's sleeping and I make a move, something that used to work all the time, he pushes me away. We will go months without touching in any way. Lately, I can't sleep because I just lay in bed crying because I don't understand what's wrong with me. Anytime we have sex, he just puts lube on and goes for it, finishes and walks away. I don't understand what I do wrong to make him not want to be with me in that way. 
He always watches porn, but insists he just isn't in the mood. I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything I can think of. I don't get it. First of all, this is not about you. The problem is not with you. I highly doubt there's anything wrong with you. He seems to have an issue. Um, Maybe he has an addiction to porn. He's got nothing left for you. Uh, People who have addictions to porn have usually other underlying issues like anxiety or uh, depression. Uh, You say he always watches and he's not interested in sex with you. Well, that's a problem and it's a problem that's going to uh, ruin your relationship. I think he needs to see a therapist to assess what the heck is going on with him. You can, you yourself cannot fix this, okay? Because it's not something that you are doing or not doing. So encourage him to seek help for the sake of your relationship. Uh, and if he doesn't, and this this will not, this cannot go on for that much longer. This is a toxic situation for you, and it will not work in the long term if he doesn't. Uh, agree to go get help. So you can say to him, These, this is the condition that I will stay in this relationship is that we figure out what the hell's going on and uh, we need to do that. A couple of texts here. One says, find a new boyfriend. Another one says, sad to say, but he sounds like a closet gay. And I don't think that's actually the case. Just because some a man isn't interested in sex with a woman doesn't mean he's gay. Many other problems uh, could be going on. Someone else also said maybe he's gay. Uh, I would check if that's the case. If you really suspect that, check the kind of uh, porn that he watches. Maybe that'll give you a clue. Um, but I'm not, uh, somebody says using her as a beard, meaning a, a cover up to cover the fact that he might be gay. I, I don't know. I, that's not the sense that I got. And when I see situations like this, um, I, it's more related to the addiction part of it, less related to orientation, I have to tell you, but that's just been what I have seen. But I'm not, these are all hypotheses. We don't know this person. We don't know anything except what's given to us. So anything is, uh, is possible. Another texter says, it's not her, it's him. No idea what his issues are, but he has one or several. If he does, want, does not want to fix it, then do what you have to do. Another texter says, same thing. So same thing happened to her. I'm divorced. Well, eventually it will lead to a a separation because this is a a very, that's a description of a very uh, difficult relationship and, and quite an unhealthy one, if you ask me. Can too much masturbation cause depression? Almost all my life, I've been dealing with depression. I had gone to a psychologist and it helps for a while, but I always know that I will go back to the same state. Recently, I saw a video that said that too much masturbation can cause depression. I regularly do it at least once or twice every day, and there are times that I spend all day watching porn and masturbating six to ten times the same day. Could this be the cause of my mental problem? It's embarrassing to ask, but I really want to get better mentally. So it's really hard to say whether it's the compulsive masturbation causing the depression or the masturbation as a response to the depression. We have to figure that out. Uh, But what seems likely just from what you describe is that you are suffering from a sexually compulsive 
disorder along with the depression. Watching porn all day, that's addictive. That's not the norm. Uh, and especially if it interferes with your daily living activities. So clearly if you're watching all day, you're not doing anything else. Uh, and that's a problem. So sexually compulsive people also often suffer from underlying depression or anxiety. And masturbation is a kind of a, uh, like a medication, like self-medicating because it's a temporary relief and a temporary, uh, distraction from your reality. So you need to treat your depression possibly with medication, which requires an evaluation by a medical doctor, by a psychiatrist, a psychologist, but it's only the, the medical doctor that can give you the medication. And by treating the depression, maybe the compulsion to masturbate will uh, decrease. I would also recommend you seek some help in the area of, um, of sex addiction. There's a website you can check for a, a therapist in your area, www.iitap.com. with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Now we're going to find out about uh, something that we all need a little of in our lives, and that is calm. On uh, Tuesday, December 1st, there is a Zoom presentation, which is open to anybody. Uh, You'd have to sign up, I think, but uh, it is called The Power of of calm the speaker is marina michelle she is um, a writer she's a medical shigong teacher a certified pangu shigong instructor she's a healing arts practitioner for over a decade uh, and writes a lot about this topic uh, and she's giving a, a wonderful uh, talk on tuesday evening so we have her on the line to give us just maybe a, a few little uh, hints about what we can do hi marina welcome to the show Hi, Dr. Lori. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. Now, one thing I, I want to clarify, because when we think of, of being calm, it's it's um, it's something we actually have to practice. It's not necessarily something that just happens or uh, comes naturally, right? That's absolutely right. It's it's like anything when you're trying to eat well, exercise, it's it takes time. It's a it's a journey. It doesn't come overnight till you get there. So, practice practicing calm is really a way of life. Um, I would say it's a mindset, um, a skill set you practice. Uh, it's pretty much a brain game because you're you're trying to remind yourself every moment of the day how you can be more calm. It's a power. And uh, I think your listeners might like to know that it's actually an act of love because the more you practice calm, the more you're harmonious with everything around you and within yourself. So you're not just helping your body and your nervous system to reset and your emotional well-being. um, You're also helping everybody around you. Right. So when and, and I do notice that, right, when you feel calm, you're open to more there's more, it's more loving. You're open to more love. You speak with more love. You speak with more kindness. And when you're agitated, it's like the opposite. When we're irritated and agitated, which is, would be, I guess, one of the opposites of calm, uh, we lash out or, or we yell or uh, it, it does something completely different to our environment and how we treat our environment. 
Absolutely. Like it never feels great when you're agitated. You could actually feel it, you know, questering your body for quite a while after it happens. And sometimes we do it so often we're not even aware that that's what's happening to us. Right. But uh, for sure, it agitates you. And the opposite is, is kindness and love. Calm is really big love. Right. And I think it, we're talking far more about it now. It just, with the whole practice of people learning about mindfulness, people learning about, uh, you know, yoga, like so there's so many different things now that people uh, are learning about and all of it is essentially to bring us to this state because, and especially now I'm thinking of now and how many people I speak to who are frazzled, who are certainly not calm. Um, and what can we do, especially when our surroundings are so, um, unstable, if you will, how do you remain calm within an unstable environment? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, well, the more that you practice calm, the more the world around you becomes uh, a lot more stable. First, I would say that you have to be kind to yourself. Um, we're human. We'll, we'll mess up during the day quite a bit. Right. A, really, a really good tool you could do is each and every day at the end of the day, you can ask yourself, review your day. And without judgment, just ask yourself, where could I have been kinder? Where, where was I kind and where could I have been kinder? And this kind of opens your lens to be aware of where your trouble spots are. Mm -hmm. And then you can help yourself better to, 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 um, to notice that so that the next time it happens, you know what you need to work on. And it also ties into, calm ties into gratitude. So yeah. uh, one really helpful, simple tool, especially in these crazy times, is to keep a gratitude journal. It really does work. And it's really great when you could write three things that you're grateful for just before you go to bed mm. uh, because it actually helps your brain feel in abundance rather than lack. Mm. And if you do the same thing in the morning, you actually shift your perspective uh, that your, your lens is widened. And you actually remember in the course of the day, how did I start my day? Well, I want to get back to that gratitude. And you could really have fun with it. It's very simple. Uh, you know, I know, let's say a mask is really uncomfortable, but every time I wear a mask, I'm just really grateful that I breathe. You know, that <laughs> right. it's, it's just a simple, just simple things. Or when I'm eating an apple now, I just was not eating an apple for me. It had to have the perfect quotient of sun and and rain and to put it together, but you needed the, the, the grower and the, the, the person to bring it on the truck and the person in the grocery store and the cashier to ring it up for you so you could bring it home. So there's so much that goes in such simple pleasures that we have it's true. and we can connect to it and open our, open our hearts, open our view. Right. It's true. We just don't think about those things. Um, now, I know one of the things that you do is you teach um, you teach uh, meditation and, and some forms of meditation. How important is um, meditating, stopping, breathing, uh, all of that to uh, try and learn to be calm? Um, I'd say it's really, really important. I mean, most meditation practices are 20 minutes for a reason because that's the amount of time it takes your body to reset that ah. good absorbing energy. Okay. But we don't, you know, realistically, not all of us are in that practice and not all of us have 20 minutes of time. Oh, come on. And we can find 20 minutes of time. <laughs> I, I, you know, I challenge all of my listeners to find 20 minutes where they can do this. 
well, I'd be really happy because sometimes when I meet clients, they resist. And I try to tell them, you know, a minute here, two minutes there is just really good. Um, a really easy thing you could do is, first of all, um, uh, you know, watch, watch um, the energy you're participating in from TV to um, what, uh, what kind of um, relationships you're, you're entering in and all those things, how you relate. And the second really easy thing is you could just daydream. You could contemplate nature outside your window. Mm. Um, there's a study that if you just contemplate nature, and it could be from inside, uh, which is important to know with winter coming up. But you could literally just contemplate a snowflake in alert quiet or a bird or a branch. There's hmm. so much beauty just outside our windows. And it's proved that that's equal to uh, the benefits of a of a 20-minute power walk. Right. And so people can easily do this. I just think we don't have, it, like like you said earlier, it's, it's, a, it's a skill. It's still a skill set, but it's something that's easily learn so i'm happy you're going to be talking about this and sharing it with uh, with you. people um so but the other thing too i wanted to talk to you about we have a couple of minutes we could do this is sure. there's you talked about the mind and what it does to the mind but how i know there's research about calm and how it affects our bodies our immune system and things like that how do you how can you explain it as simply as possible without going into too much science uh, sure. Okay. So, uh, well, when you get agitated, the, the opposite of calm, you uh, go into a fight flight state, which is putting in a lot of, um, you know, I would say unhelpful chemicals rushing through your body. Mm -hmm. And that's stopping your brain from feeding what really needs to be fed because it's trying to calm you down. Um, and, or, uh, try to tell you, Hey, there's danger. I have to get out. It's not helpful for you. But within each cell, you have uh, your, your DNA and you have these telomeres these, at the bottom of each cell. It's, there's kind of bumpers at the bottom of it that insulate the cell and protect it. Okay. And the more agitated you get, the, the quicker the telomeres or these bumpers that protect our cells um, wear off or wear out. Sorry. So they age. And then when the cell's replicating, it doesn't, it doesn't duplicate or replicate itself very well. And that's where you get malfunction and concern. So uh -huh. it's really important to understand that when you, you, you're calm, you're, you're, you're sending love to your cells, you're sending love to your body, how your, how, how your um, physical well-being is. And uh, it really just does go a long way. So there... I also just forgot to say is that you, it's, the more that you love your telomeres, the more you're protecting your immunity, which is right. really important in these COVID times. I mean, the best, the best thing you can do, you know, make sure you eat well, make sure you're sleeping and resting. Uh, but, um, you know, just to, just to make, sh make sure that you, you, you stay calm to protect your immunity and calm and confidence wins right. the game. Well, um, for people who want to know more, The Power of Calm will be presented on Tuesday, December 1st. Uh, to get more information, go to thespanish.org. Or uh, Marina Michelle also has uh, talks a lot about calm and kindness on her blog, myheartspeak.ca. Myheartspeak Marina, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we, we all learned a little something today, so hopefully we'll all have a calmer weekend. Appreciate you being with us. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye.
safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. You're going to love this stupid sex story. Well, another stupid person. A bodybuilder has announced his intentions to marry his sex doll. Yeah, his sex doll. After forking out for plastic surgeons to help her enhance her synthetic features. Yeah, I read that right. And there are pictures to go with it. Yuri Tolochko, uh, a Kazakh actor and bodybuilder, has said he and his partner Margot, uh, wait a minute, Kazakh, isn't that where, um, what's his name is from? Uh, um, oh, see, the name escapes me right there. Uh, Margot have been in- invited onto a Russian TV show called Comedy Club, but insists that his relationship is the real deal, so much so he wants to put a ring on it. Yeah, okay. Uh, local media reports that he has been in a relationship with Margot for eight months and says that despite their quarrels, he's dead set on marrying her. He must be next level argumentative if he can pick fights with a lump of plastic. <laughs> this is the article. In a recent interview, said, okay, it's hard to say this without laughing out loud. He took Margot to a clinic, a legit clinic meant to be used by humans to get some work done. I'm sure that must have been a weird day for the surgeons. Uh, He claims Margot began to feel a bit self-conscious over her looks after he went public with their relationship. Does he not recognize this is a doll? A doll. No feelings. A doll. He said, when I presented her photo to the world, there was a lot of criticism and she began to develop a complex. So we decided to have plastic surgery. She has changed a lot. At first it was hard to accept, but I got used to it later on. (laughs) It was a real clinic with real doctors. She has her own Instagram page. (laughs) She doesn't take her own photos though. Margot is a doll. It even gets more bizarre because he says that Margot has a waitressing job at a local bar. She can't walk by herself. She needs help. Margot doesn't know how to cook, but she loves Georgian cuisine. <laughs> it, it just, it's nuttier and nuttier. And he wants to marry her. Okay. Whatevs. Um, texter writes in, hi, Dr. Lurie, nice to talk about the stress people are going through these days. It's so sad for so many right now. Money problems, family and relationship stress, loneliness, heightened fear of sickness and death, hopelessness, the works. We pretty much all could use more calmness right now. Um, I'm with you on that one. Oh no, that bodybuilder needs to get out more. Hang out with someone more lively than Margot. <laughs> yep. All right, here's an interesting article by Dr. Brogard. Uh, and it says 10 signs that you're dealing with an emotionally immature adult. But it, it's really in, in our circles, we call it the Peter Pan syndrome. Uh, or as he calls it, the little prince or princess syndrome. Because it also is something that uh, adult women uh, can have also. It's not a, an official mental disorder. I just want to 
point that out, but it's a common enough condition. And as he writes, one which often results from an overly protective mother or father, a helicopter mom, or a parent who gives their son or daughter free range and too much praise and attention during childhood and adolescence. Such parental behavior is also sometimes referred to as emotional incest. So this is what this author has written. Peter Pan syndrome is traditionally thought of as a situation in which a grown man is childish and immature despite his age. How many of you have met some of those? But in today's culture, with so much helicopter parenting, it's safe to assume that both men and women can exhibit these behaviors. Little prince or princess syndrome is related to but not identical to emperor syndrome, a term which is primarily used to describe Chinese boys with no siblings who behave like little tyrants. Little princesses and princes, princes and princesses are grown men or women who act as if they are selfish children, narcissistic teenagers, or irresponsible young adults and feel entitled to behave as they see fit. Then he goes on to describe 10 traits typical of someone living with little prince or princess syndrome. And he writes, for simplicity's sake, he uses the term little prince. So he's only, uh, and he refers to the role of mothers, not fathers, but he says the signs are applicable to all genders. Here goes. He is in touch with his mom almost every day. She is more in his life than anyone else. She checks up on him and worries about him, even though he is a grown man. She might buy his clothes and his groceries and do his laundry for him. Number two, he acts like a child, a teenager, or a person who is much younger than he is. He might throw temper tantrums or party all night with people 10 years younger than him. He acts as if women should serve him. He expects to be taken care of and be pampered on demand. He will happily take, but never give. He cannot maintain a long-term stable romantic relationship. Former partners end up becoming his enemies or new playmates. He is commitment phobic in nearly all areas of life, despite having a needy attachment style. It can take him six months to commit to buying a new sofa. He has few, if any, close friends. His so-called friends consist mostly of his mom and the strangers he meets when out playing or partying. He is often passive aggressive, meaning he has a tendency to engage in an indirect expression of hostility. He is a narcissist or exhibits a childish selfishness. If something is even mildly inconvenient, he will resist doing it. He is financially irresponsible. He spends too much money playing, partying, or chasing after women. And finally, he rarely thinks anything is his fault. He blames everyone around him for everything that goes wrong in his life, even his mother if he can't find another scapegoat. So this sounds very much like the traits of a narcissist. This author goes on to say, uh, it's unusual for a little prince to possess every one of these traits, so it can be hard to identify them. Their ability to lure you into their world with their childish innocence and charm makes it even trickier, but their concerned mothers and their own irresponsibility and selfishness eventually give them away. So describes very much uh, when we talk about narcissistic uh, partners, but it's basically the Peter Pan syndrome, men who do not want to grow up. So emotionally, the emotionally immature 
adult. Let me know if you've met one or two in your lifetime. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. A couple of texts following my Peter Pan uh, story. Uh, My kind of guy. Yeah, not. Uh, Where can you find a guy with the Peter Pan syndrome? Do you really want one? Are you sure? Good Lord, you've just accurately described my abusive 63-year-old brother who's been living with with and uh, loafing off my mother all his life to a T, with the sole exception of him being passive-aggressive and charming, given, given he's the extreme opposite thereof. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that, unfortunately, and I'm sure many have met some of the the uh, the Peter Pans and or the little prince or the little princess. It's not just uh, one gender over uh, the other, but it has been known for years as the Peter Pan syndrome. Only recently are we seeing more women who fit into that category. All right, this was in C- on CNN uh, or rather written uh, for CNN by Amy, uh, Amy Woodyat. People over 45 are at greater risk of STIs. Um, than ever before. Why? Uh, Because society is unwilling to talk about older people having sex. This is according to a new study. Negative attitudes towards sexual health and limited knowledge of the needs of over 45s mean some older people are unaware of the dangers of unprotected sex. This is according to researchers from the UK, Belgium, and the Netherlands. Experts associated with Belgium and Netherlands with some 200 respondents identified as facing socioeconomic disadvantage. Almost 80% of respondents in the general population group were between 45 and 65, while 58% of those uh, considered socioeconomically disadvantaged were 45, between 45 and 54. Researchers said major changes in sexual behavior in recent decades have seen rising numbers of sexually active older people, but many barely consider the possibility of STIs. The most cited reason for not using contraception was that participants deemed themselves to be monogamous, exclusive to one relationship, followed by them believing they were not at risk of pregnancy. Over 45s at most at most risk are generally those entering new relationships after a period of monogamy, often postmenopause when pregnancy is no longer a consideration, so they give little thought to sexually transmitted infections. The researchers found that more than 50% of respondents had never been tested for a sexually transmitted infection. Uh, Stigma and shame were identified as the greatest barriers to adults accessing sexual health care services, with many participants indicating that they felt that sexual health was a dirty term, discouraging people from seeking regular health checkups. That's... um, very sad and and very sad that uh, like a significant number were completely unaware of the risks of sexually transmitted infections that's like astounding to me 
well, yes and no. Um, I talk about this a lot, even with an even older population, because we're seeing a rise in STIs in the 65 plus uh, as well. Uh, and for the same reasons, like, why should I use a condom? Oh, my partner's not going to get pregnant. She's 60 years old. That kind of uh, talk, except that they have multiple partners and it spreads and uh, all of that stuff. All right, on a happier note, I'll end with this. I uh, love this headline. Uh, this is an article by Aaron Hale. Giving thanks can keep marriages going. Uh, for resilient marriages, thanks is best given year-round, not just at the holidays. That's according to University of Georgia's researchers who said, we found that feeling appreciated and believing your spouse values you directly influences how you feel about your marriage, how committed you are to it, and your belief that it will last. It, it sounds a bit, um, I mean, it's intuitive, right? It, it makes perfect sense. It's just that now there's some research to kind of back that up. The study found that feelings of gratitude, which Marina Michelle talked about earlier when we were talking about calm, uh, boosted marital satisfaction, commitment, and stability, especially during difficult times. As long as they felt appreciated by their spouse, they weren't thinking about divorce as much. It goes to show the power of Thank you. Now, this article goes on to say, here's how implementing gratitude into marriage could work. Figure out what to be grateful for. If you're thinking more about what you wish your spouse had done rather than appreciating what they actually do, it might be because you're not seeing what your spouse is putting in or at least is trying to put into the relationship. After all, people tend to be more aware of the work they put in than what others are doing. So start with the recognition that we're all prone to be a little more self-centered than we might realize. You have to be aware of it. We're not as fair and objective as we'd like to think. So acknowledge that your spouse might have been making an effort in ways you don't see. How to start the conversation. So if you're not sure whether your spouse feels appreciated, why don't you try asking? Start by telling them, the reason I want you to feel valued in this relationship and then simply ask, is there any area in our relationship where you feel unappreciated? And of course, there are many ways to say thank you. When you want to express gratitude, you could just say thank you, but there are other options that might be more meaningful to your spouse. Gifts, cards, a poem, even just a simple midday text message that tells them how much they appreciate or they are appreciated. Expressing gratitude is of course only one component of a healthy marriage and what is a problem for one marriage may never come up in another. The real measure of resilient marriage marriages is how couples interact day after day. So please remember this, show your gratitude show your appreciation. This is the biggest complaint I hear from when I see couples is you get one who says, I don't feel appreciated. I have no clue if my partner appreciates the efforts I have made. I'm not, it's not recognized. I'm taken for granted. These are the things I hear every day. So please put this on your radar. That's all I ask. Put it on your radar. Thank you so much for being here uh, with me tonight. So appreciate, uh, your presence with me. I feel it. I feel it. 
Thank you to our technical producer, Nicole Proano, our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. To find me, you can find me on my website, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, where you can also email me through there and where you will find all our past podcasts of all the shows we've done listed. If you click on the Passion Radio tab, they will be there. Of course, if you have the iHeart app, which is a great app to have. It's all free all the time. Uh, You just click on the CJD page and you will see um, the best of my show and all the other shows uh, on the app. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.